I know, I know, I know. By now, you're probably thinking to yourself, this guy can only do two podcasts a week. Come on, man. This guy only works on Sundays. Well, no more waiting. The time has finally arrived. The topic is hot. The audience is sitting on the edge of your seat. So let's get going. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's great to be with you again today. Welcome to Thinking It Through. This is a podcast put out by Village Church East on a variety of topics that draw our attention in our ever-changing call. I'm your host, Craig Jarvis, and I want to tell you something that happened to me just last night. I was with some friends at Panera Bread, and we were ordering food, and I was talking to this very nice lady taking my order across the counter, and I noticed behind me a lady standing just a little off to the side of me. I thought she was waiting to say something to me because she was standing a little bit close, and maybe she knew me, so I glanced behind me to see if I knew her. She immediately became very overly apologetic. She said, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, and then took three steps back away from me. Well, I realized that she had been offended by me looking over my shoulder at her and probably thought she was standing a little too close to me because of the COVID era that we're in. I quickly responded to her that I wasn't giving her the evil eye for standing too close. I just thought she was somebody that I might know trying to get my attention. Well, that experience made me very sad. I realized our world has changed entirely, almost to its core. To even look at the person standing behind you in line causes them to think that they've offended you, somehow by standing too close or invading your six-foot space. I started contemplating the impact COVID has had on us over this past year and a half. What has it done to us emotionally, physically, spiritually? How has it changed our society? Even though the vaccine has arrived and been distributed to over a third of the U.S. population, we continue to deal with the social implications of a year of disengagement. I no longer go in for a handshake. I avoid being hugged. I wonder if I'm offending just offering to do a fist bump. We've isolated ourselves for so long, it almost seems wrong to rejoin the land of the living. And the conflicting messages being sent out to us from people who are supposed to be in the know about this COVID situation doesn't help at all. After a year and a half, we still don't know where this thing that infected the globe even started. At this time in history, our world has become more comfortable with disengagement than with engaging one another. And I'm not sure if there's an end in sight. LifeWay Research did a survey of a 1,000 churchgoers at the end of 2020. When they asked them about getting back to church, 95% said they greatly value attending church together in person. A majority, 52%, said their faith had actually grown over the pandemic. But churches continue to struggle with church attendance. The average church attendance in America is down by a third from before COVID. Many say they would attend church regularly online, or semi-regularly online, and they seem quite satisfied with that. With all of this, the church has become somewhat disengaged. This may shock you, but only 34% of churchgoers say that someone from their church even checked in on them during 2020. With most churches online now, we may have just become unintentionally feeding the beast of disengagement. Our church has been reopened for three months now. We socially distance, wear masks, we clean like there's no tomorrow— And the comments that I regularly hear from folks venturing back are, quote, I have missed this, unquote. We've done Zoom meetings with our staff for a year, and now we've begun to meet outside in person now that the weather's getting nicer. And one of our leadership team commented to me just recently, I just seem to be more engaged when we meet in person. We've seen disengagement on the rise in every area of life. We bemoan the effects of our children being educated online. Teachers know their students find other things to do when they have the screens on. 
Five years ago, it would have been unthinkable for a school board to suggest all their third grade teachers begin teaching completely online. Every right-thinking person would know that's a very difficult thing to do. It's hard to engage third graders on Zoom. Teachers, businesses, churches, just about every organization we get involved with have struggled over this past pandemic to make Zoom meetings engaging. While technology is an amazing tool we've learned to use in this pandemic, we're not meant to live in isolation, staring into a screen dependent on an internet connection for our social interaction. Listen, there's a reason the Bible says to greet one another with a holy kiss. (laughs) Can you believe it says that? Uh, I'm not a big one for that one, but it does say that nonetheless. And it says it because every person knows the value of personal interaction and the loss we've experienced learning to depend so much on technology. Even though we're still collecting data on the effects of this isolation over the pandemic, it has yet to reveal long-term effects. The chair of the National Department of Psychology and Behavioral Neurosciences said, quote, the national surveys are beginning to show what we expected, which is that there are increased prevailing rates of stress and depression. He said, we're also seeing reduced initiation of treatment for patients with substance use disorders and a reversal of 2019's reduction in overall deaths. We are witnessing, he said, real-time examples of how social disparities turn into health disparities. Suicide rates have skyrocketed, substance abuse is up, depression is on the rise. As a matter of fact, a survey taken in the United Kingdom said the fear of contracting COVID-19 seems not to be as high as concerns about the psychological and social impact of the pandemic. Can you believe that? Results of that survey concluded this, to continue to isolate from the positive influences of life will only prolong the underlying but pervasive conditions we simply cannot see and have yet to still comprehend. There's a reason why the worst disciplinary measures for prisoners is to put them in isolation. It's widely known humans cannot excel and thrive when they live in isolation. It is at those times we are not excelling, we are at instead our most vulnerable. There's a story in the Old Testament of a man who crumbled under the pain of isolation. You might be surprised to know it's one of the amazing prophets of the Old Testament. His name was Elijah. He had been used by God to do amazing things. He had seen God answer his prayers for miracles left and right. He had prophesied of famine. He'd been used of God to rid the land of idol worship. He'd even raised a young child from the dead. The king and queen at that time, their names were Ahab and Jezebel. Now, those names might ring a bell for you because Ahab was listed in Scripture several times as one of the worst kings ever. 1 Kings 16.33 says, Ahab did more to provoke the Lord to anger than all the kings before him. (laughs) In verse 21.25, it says, There was none who sold himself to do what was evil in the sight of the Lord like Ahab, whom Jezebel, his wife, incited. God told Elijah to call out the wickedness of these two evil kings and queens. And to make a long story short, he did. Do you know what the result of that was? Jezebel said she wouldn't sleep until Elijah was dead. So in 1 Kings 19, Elijah ran for his life into the wilderness alone to hide. He went a day's journey into nowhere alone and in fear. And it was there that this amazing man of God asked God to kill him. In 1 Kings 19.4, it says, He asked that he might die, saying, It is enough, O Lord. Please take away my life. Why would this man of God do this? Well, it was because he was forced to run from every person because he didn't know who was going to try and kill him next. 
He was forced to disengage from society. And then he was vulnerable to what came next. Fear, worry, anxiety, and overall hopelessness. You can find the story in 1 Kings 19, but in verse 10 it simply says, Elijah says to God, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, only I, am left. And now they seek my life to take it away. Isolation can play scary games with our minds. But it was there that Elijah was visited by God. Elijah was hoping God would speak to him and show him something to encourage him. So God brought a storm, but God wasn't in the storm. And then God brought an earthquake, and Elijah couldn't hear him in the earthquake. But it wasn't until all the chaos stopped and a gentle wind came that God finally spoke to Elijah. And what did God tell Elijah? It might shock you to know that God told Elijah there were still 7,000 people who served God. In other words, God simply told Elijah, you are not alone. Isolation can do strange things to our perception of reality. It can make us doubt God. It can make us fearful. It can make us believe chaos rules the day like the earthquake and the, and the whirlwind. And we will simply never get out of our situation. It can make us believe we're alone. God's solution for Elijah was simply to remind him he had a plan. He was not alone. There's nothing Elijah needed more than the reminder from God that he was still in control and the revelation that there were still 7,000 people who were there for Elijah. Elijah didn't have the ability to zoom and realize he was not alone. He couldn't look at a computer screen and see all the faces on his screen. But, he, but his push to disengage led him to believe lies that he was all by himself. And the further he went into the wilderness, the more he believed those lies. Do you feel disengaged? Disconnected? Don't buy it. You're not alone. Psychologists will tell us that we have yet to realize the power in those kinds of feelings that we experience during this time of the pandemic. Our way out is the same as Elijah. We need to push ourselves back into the places where we can be reminded we are not in this thing alone. It's one thing to say we're in this together. It's another thing to see others with us. There is power in human contact. Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting meeting together, as the habit of some is, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. I know there are still some unable to gather due to the vulnerability to the virus. Everyone is free to make these decisions for themselves. As for our church, we want to keep streaming our services to provide an avenue for those folks to continue to worship with us. We're going to do everything in our power to make that happen. But for many believers, it may be time to gather again. Stay socially distant. Wear a mask if you would like to. Fist bump instead of doing the holy kiss. Whatever you need to do. But... If you're up for shopping for groceries these days, you should likely get back to church. It's time to gather again, serve together again, worship the Lord together again, and be reminded by seeing each other, we are not alone. If your church observes social distancing, then there's a reason they do. <laughs> they want to get believers back together again to worship. And they know this is an essential part of our spiritual and emotional health. So we can see, not just hear the words, we are in this together. I hope you've stayed engaged with others around you. And if you have, great during this time. Good for you. Keep reaching out. Keep loving those who cannot venture out still. Because there are still some that simply cannot due to health conditions. 
Would you do your part to remind them they're not alone? You could very well be to them the still small voice of God right when they need it the most. And if you do care to venture out and try church again, our church still does, and we still do what we can to protect our folks the best way we can during this terrible time of pandemic. If you just want to check us out online, you can always do so at Village Church East. We would love to get to know you. Let us know that you dropped by. Our goal is to do everything in our power to let you know you are not alone. Don't disengage. Like Captain Picard reminds us from the bridge of the Enterprise, engage. All you Star Trekkies, you'll appreciate that little there. Listen, we're all in this together. Venture out to church and see that we are, and God is still in control. I hope you'll join me next time as we spend a few more moments together thinking these things through. Until then, remember, you are not alone. We'll see you next time.